0: Welcome back everybody to the movie side of the tracks. Yay! Slasher edition. What? We're in act 3.
1: Yeah.
0: So the, the previous uh, previous uh, episode or the previous act act 2 pretty much covered the 80s, which is, you know, arguably the greatest decade of horror. Or the worst, depending on who you ask. Yeah, depending on who you ask. I think it's the greatest year in horror, greatest decade in horror. Now we enter into um, Act three, which is I'm subtitling Defying Conventions and Attack of the Remakes. Oh, why'd you point at me? So the reality is, is that the nineties, outside of some very few exceptions, was sort of a wasteland. Same with the two thousands, a wasteland of horror. I mean, can you? Like, the genre was
1: very much dead until uh, Scream happened, and then
0: that was also its own double edged sword. I seem to recall. Um, Aaron, what what do you can you think of like what are some of the movies from the nineties and two thousands slasher flicks that you think back on as being like something that add to the pantheon?
2: Yeah, you know, we talked about Scream, um, the, you know, I Know What You Did series, wasn't that in the 2000s? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think
1: it was 90s, actually.
2: It was yeah. 97. 90s. 90s. So, But it spanned, right? Didn't it go through? I mean, oh, I yeah.
1: remember... Well, Scream begot a lot of these films, from yeah. the Teaching Mrs. Tingles uh, to,
0: <laughs> to the Faculty.
2: Yeah. And I don't even know if you would call Final Destination a slasher.
0: Oh, one. I was gonna. I was gonna say Final Destination to me under my definition. If I could say Jaws is a slasher, which is then, wrong, then Final Destination <laughs> is definitely a slasher series. Yeah, more so, so than Jaws. Yeah,
2: those would be the ones that I would think of off the top of my head. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Final Destination is definitely up there for me as well, yeah, and it's and it, it did. What there were four of those, right?
1: At least five. Jesus Christ, see them all. But it was also a time where the. That was the beginning of the pussification of horror films, <laughs> where the pussification, the, the pussification of horror films, where the PG thirteen became kind of the norm for a lot of these horror films. So they, you know, that, you know, pardon the pun, they took the guts out. So <laughs> it's 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 a it's a dark time. I mean, there were ex- always exclusions to the rule, but yeah, no, it's a. And it's still going, running rampant today. The worst movie I've seen all year was Slender Man, and that was some fucking PG-13 bullshit. Um, yeah. Anyway. But, there's, like I said, you got your rings, you got your conjurings, you got your, uh, you know, cabin in the woods. There, There's stuff that does stick out.
0: It, it seems to me that what happened is that, uh, the horror genres have it was having a hard time finding itself, so it started doing things like, um, going meta, uh, to to use a you know oft used term these days, yeah. but it's essentially self referential, mm-hmm. things like Scream, but there's also movies like um, Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. Which is- most people are probably not familiar with,
1: but it's a, a very very good, good deconstruction. Yeah,
0: American Psycho would probably be tossed in there as well as being sort of like a, a movie that examines itself or examines the genre um, and sort of like either makes fun of it or, or uh, pulls... like Cabin in the Woods is one of the greatest horror movies ever because it's a movie that deconstructs the horror genre and then builds it right back up again. To, yes. to great effect. So, um, but also like, I feel like my, Man Bites Dog is a little bit like a deconstruction of Slasher because essentially what's happening in that movie is that we're following the Slasher and the, the, the documentarians are sort of not aware at first that he's a Slasher and then they find themselves actually helping him. Yeah, but we slasher. don't talk about foreign films on oh, this Oh, I because. apologize. I apologize. <laughs> Sorry. But in the 90s, I think one of the biggest horror movies, slashers, that kind of defied uh, conventions a little bit was Silence of the Lambs. Which a lot of people would not even consider a horror movie, but it very much is. Yeah, I think uh, Jonathan Demme directed pretty much the um, sort of like um, high-class horror movie. High-class slasher movie. That's a a big... uh, only horror movie to win best picture. That's true. Yep, yep. I think they keep trying to call it a thrill, a thriller, the psychological thriller, which <clears throat> right. is horror. I think it's the closest thing to Psycho in terms of what else is on this well, list. If right? Silence
1: of Lamb, if is not a horror movie, then Psycho's not a fucking horror movie. Mm-hmm. So no, it,
0: it's horror. It's horrific. There are horrific elements throughout that film. So yeah, thirty-one years later, after um, Psycho. Um, the movie came around where it decided that uh, it would uh, essentially go to Norman Bates for advice on how to find another uh, killer just like himself. And that's what Hannibal Lecter is. Is Hannibal Lecter, like, do, when you think of Hannibal Lecter, do you think of Freddy? Like, no. Is he like a Freddy? As far as I- iconic characters? I think he's a Freddy Krueger, yeah. He is uh, the most
1: iconic human people of horror. Uh, and it, it, you take out the supernatural elements nobody touches Hamble Lecter period Michael Myers yeah is Michael have we gotten a consensus on whether my, Michael Myers is superhuman or not he's just a dude he, he's, a, he's, he's, he's his his imperviousness to pain is outstanding yeah so is somebody who's on bat salts no big deal <laughs> but I think he got to a point where he, he became quite superhuman. maybe not in the original Halloween but he, he kind of got there and of course in lifting a person up by their throat it's, it's with one hand it, you don't think you'd be able to do it
0: look we can try it later <laughs> <laughs> what about you Aaron what do you think do you think Hannibal Lecter is a, a movie monster Uh, yeah the you know the intellect, right,
2: the uncounted intellect, and his veracity are basically the two, you know, his two superpowers. I rewatched a bit of, um, when I was getting ready for this, did some clips of the movie attached to the songs, and um, the scene where he's escaping from prison, he overpowers two guards, he bites one of their cheeks, and proceeds to blood in one of them. Um, He, I can clearly see influence of, like, the new Joker-ish where he, uh, he has his hair slicked back, not the newest Joker like the movies, but uh, one of the comic book iterations of the Joker, where he's a little more calm, mm-hmm. a little more controlled, um, and yeah, I, I do think Hannibal is is a, a monster in the sense of he has you know these he's part ninja, right? he's part <laughs> criminal mastermind, um, that clown again, he can do it all.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so, um, and what's funny is that he's not really the the main antagonist in in this In Silence of the Lambs. No. He is uh, Buffalo Bill is the main antagonist who is also a very chilling character in his own right So let's listen to a piece of music from Silence of the Lambs right. this is the the finale. So that's uh finale from the Silence of the Lambs score by Howard Shore. Everyone's Harvard favorite Howard Shore. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It sounds kind of. It's,
2: it, it's, it's <laughs>
0: easily the most uh, classical or the most um, expensive sounding score we've listened to tonight. It doesn't call attention
1: to itself like the other scores. It's not, hey, look at me. Uh, and I kind of appreciate it for that. For that, it's it's a great score that does. Yeah, it. but
0: do you? Can you even tell this? Yes, something? no.
1: I've I've well, it may be based on the fact that I've seen Silence of the Lambs enough time to, to recognize it. I do recognize, but it's not unsettling. It has it lacks a hook, <laughs> clearly. Um, but it, I, it's expertly made. Sure, definitely.
0: And, hard Hardcore is great. Yeah. What about you, Erin?
2: Yeah, I think you summed it up well. It's it's subtle, um, it's extremely orchestral, it's technical. um, But when I listened to a lot of the soundtrack, I also found it to be interchangeable. Like Mm. all the songs, you know, you could have been that could have been a piece from when he was describing his meal to when he was bludgeoning the cops to when he was escaping. (laughs) with all it's all the same, and because it's so expertly acted, I would never say that it's pretentious but if you sat me down and had I'd never seen the movie and I listened to this, I would think that this was pretentious for a horror film.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Perhaps they didn't think they were making a horror film. Yeah, <laughs> 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 oh, the, the, the thing is about the score is that it's very um, kind of milk toast. There's nothing significant. You love a good hook. It's not even just about a hook. It's just like, I, even with like, um, say like The Dark Knight. That doesn't really have a hook. Yeah. But it yeah, builds. Sure. It builds. It has an ominous feeling. And it builds. Um, there's nothing like that with this. Mm. I don't know.
1: I mean, I don't think that's the point of, of the music. It doesn't need to build. Because the scene... Like I said, when I say it doesn't call attention to itself, it's like you almost... And I guess that's the, the detriment to the score in its own way. Where you actually forget there's music in the movie. Because you're so
0: invested in the film itself that the music's almost an afterthought so so th- th- pretty much it's Alfred Hitchcock what he wanted for the shower scene no no music at all well what a mistake that would have been but what a fucking what a fucking you, blunder I
1: mean it's one of those things like when I first saw the movie it's like a, it's like you know I, the music n- never occurred to me, but after, you know, repeat viewings, and, you know, you watch a movie and then you just see how they edited it and you hear how the music goes with the film. You deconstruct it after repeat viewings, and the music really stands out for me. Um, is it flashy? No. Um, but I think it's perfect for this film.
0: I mean, there's no, I'm not faulting the movie at all, because I think the movie is great. Uh, it's one of those movies that I feel like is sort of ushered in the 90s, in a good way in terms of like getting away from sort of like the eighties mentality of some of the, some, some of these movies. Sure. Um, but, um, here I'm going to play, I'm going to play the opening theme to the Hannibal TV series. <laughs> Wait. Oh yeah. That, that's a thing. Boom. I already like that way better than the uh, Silence of the Lamb score. Whatever. It's creepy. It's it, creepy. It, it falls. It's almost it, just it's, sounds. It's borderline tropey. <laughs> Tropy? <laughs>
1: you love your tropes. <laughs> How dare you, sir? That's yeah, fine. It is. It I'm sure it's effective for what it is. Have you ever watched the show? you ever watched the mm-hmm. show? Is it good?
0: It's excellent. Is it better than Hannibal Rising? Oh, so much better. I... Right. Hannibal the TV series is one of the best things that was ever on TV. It was a goddamn shame it was canceled. A goddamn shame. I highly recommend it. You watch that show and you can't believe it was on TV. Was it on HBO? No, it was on NBC. NBC? Yeah.
1: Was it super violent?
0: Very, uh, it was very, very gruesome. Oh. But beautiful too. It It was like a beautiful kind of gruesome. You sound like a psychopath. <laughs> uh, so what, what do you think about Silence of the Lambs in general, Aaron? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a classic. It's an amazing movie. I do – I may, actually got me interested in the
2: Manhunter series, but I guess it's what it's based off of, right? Mm-hmm. That book. So uh, I, I won't say I felt cheated because it's, it's an amazing movie, but uh, it did have a great source. So I felt like you know they, they had a bit of a crutch there, but that that theme of the good guys going to the bad guys to try and catch another bad guy while the bad guy's playing the good guys is is great. And uh, well, yeah, and,
0: that's and, a thing that's become pretty much how all these kind of stories go. Even yeah. Avengers steal it, you know, by having yeah. uh you know locking up Loki. And questioning him and loki's all all the while you know this is exactly like, what he wanted
2: yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah it's 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 really good um and the horror and it almost kind of splits into two movies for me because the the thriller is hannibal but the horror is buffalo bill yeah and so we kind, of, we kind of get both so I, I i do agree that it has
0: horror elements and i, I would consider it. i guess you know be a, a horror Yeah, and speaking of Buffalo Bill, while the actual score for Silence of the Lambs is 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 very innocuous, there is a piece of music from that movie These horses are leaving that will live on forever, specifically the scene that it's from. All right, so that uh, piece of music is... Uh, Q Lazarus. Q Lazarus. Um, and... Um, goodbye, horses. Goodbye, horses. Um, and this is probably one of the top three most memorable scenes from the movie, right? The, the yes. movie is chock yeah. full of very memorable scenes. Yeah, but this
1: is easily top three right here. It's definitely the one that's parodied. The most. Parodied,
0: probably... Uh, and
1: up there with, obviously, any interaction between
0: um, Foster and Hopkins. And it's all helped with uh, the, the dialogue, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. Fuck me so hard? <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that scene is problematic now? <laughs> uh, <he> probably... <laughs>
1: I, I remember watching, uh, there's a documentary, uh, basically, that um, is about the uh, war against gays in cinema, um, mm. called The Celluloid Closet. It's a really good doc. And they do a montage of scenes from more recent films at the time. In Silence of the Lambs, this scene in question actually shows up. So, I mean, I actually never got the impression that he was gay. But, uh, apparently, that was supposed to be um, alluded
0: to. Well, I mean, yeah, he's tucking his dick away and trying to, you know, I, you know, sometimes
1: people just like and it. he
0: wants to wear the skin of a of a woman, so that doesn't mean he's gay. I don't think that makes not. Me, gay, I don't but, think that makes you gay, but transgendered, maybe.
1: Are we saying that we should let him? <laughs> is that what the
0: statement is? No, no, but I I think. I think vilifying it, transgender. Right, there's something. Because to, there's something all about angels. there. There's something to that documentary that you're talking about, which makes a valid point, which is that the the idea of transgender is so foreign and so unknown that it frightens us, and so anything that frightens us means that it must be quote unquote evil,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and so by make, making the villain the piece, this individual who seems to be quote unquote confused about. Their, his his her gender, I think definitely. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want you're to be not condoning of, Buffalo Bill. No, I'm not. I'm not saying that the the Silence of the Lambs is a bad movie because of this, but I'm just saying that it's worth sitting down and thinking about what that moment is trying to communicate and whether or not it's something that we should say. Hmm. Maybe we should reconsider that. You know what I'm saying?
2: Kind of, but I mean, Hannibal Lecter was well-read, liked to enjoy novels,
0: listen to classical music, and he killed people, too. But people love Hannibal Lecter. They fucking love that, him. That's on them. <laughs> 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 the
2: movie, movie, right? He can't tell you how to think about it.
0: The so. thing is, is like Hannibal Lecter even gets a happy ending. He, he's treated as the protagonist of the movie. And we're then. happy he's about to eat. You yeah, know, we're he, happy he's about to eat that guy. <laughs> I'm having an old friend for dinner. Oh shit, he's gonna <laughs> eat him. He's gonna kill him good and eat him. Yay! <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think I I think it's definitely there. And the thing is like Jonathan Demi is a pretty progressive guy. He was always a pretty progressive guy. Yeah. Um, so I I don't think, you know, he did that um, with any kind of malice. But there is something to think about about how sure. we we kind of viewed things uh, back then and how we view things now, because yeah, that sequence, watching it, now, watching it now, for me, I was like, hmm, I'm a little, hmm, I'm hmm about, you know, rubbing my chin, you know, hmm. You
2: know, no. your, your, your psychopathic villains have to have traits, but <laughs> right? I mean, um, what, what was the guy from American Psycho's name?
1: Patrick Bateman.
2: Uh, Patrick Bateman. So he was, I mean, the
0: Jason Bateman's the brother. Typical, no. <laughs> yeah, he
2: was the typical, like, heterosexual alpha male, right? Yeah, so, yuppie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I don't think it's a commentary on them, right? Or is it?
0: Uh, I think it definitely
2: is. I don't is. think anyone <laughs>
1: finds Patrick Bateman a cool character. Like, Oh, people love Patrick Bateman. No, he's a fucking loser, dude.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you
1: see his taste in fucking music. Man, he, he fucks two chicks at once. How could he possibly be a loser? <laughs> that's, that's a debate for a different time. <laughs> but he's not cool. How Lecter's cool? Patrick Bateman is not cool. I'd be happy to see Patrick Bateman get his comeuppance. Mm, mm. You know, he he kicked a dog, dude. Mm. Stomped on the dog. You don't do that.
0: Yeah. But did he really, or was it all in his own head? Oh, that's the worst. All right,
1: that's, like said. Did he
0: actually kill that homeless person? Did he actually kill anybody? All right. What? Did he drop that chainsaw on that chick? Perfect. (laughs) Land right on top of her?
1: I wonder if there's ever been a MythBusters. <laughs> Can you drop a chainsaw successfully on it? Well, I mean the blunt force you know take the saw out of it. Yeah, it could yeah. still probably
0: kill you. Yeah. All right. Well, so we had science of limbs. Good score. So, so that piece of music is probably tainted now. No, no. I
1: there's, I there's no. I mean, you can't not hear the music and not think of the movie, but. That's not, that's not Q Lazarus' fault. I mean, I'm sure they're happy. You know, they probably had no hits after this. They
2: I always wondered that. about that, what musicians thought of when they make a song that's about a lost love that's really emotional, and some psychopath has his
0: Right, <laughs> and this that, piece of music becomes tainted forever.
2: Yeah. yeah, like Sweet Caroline. I remember they played it at a, um, uh, where was all the molestation going on in college football? Oh, uh, Joe Paterno? Uh, yeah, and Joe. so I guess that was the tradition to play that and of course, you know, they start playing it and you get to the hand touching hands touching me
0: and <laughs> then <we'll crash. laughs> like whoa, whoa, bro. Whoa, keep your hands to yourself. Keep your hands to yourself.
2: You never know when a song's going to go south.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So the next, uh, the next movie we're going to talk about is um, The Hills Have Eyes remake from 2006 from Alexandre Aja or Aja, depending on how you pronounce it. He is French, so I'm not sure. Um, and this is the filmmaker behind uh, High Tension or Switchblade Romance or Hot Tension, depending on, again, uh, where you're... you're um, you know, Sensibilities land. Yeah. Um, and this was... Kind of the movie that um, uh, made him big in the U.S. Was uh, it successful? Yeah, I think The Hells High Eyes was successful. It was okay. a sequel. Um, I feel like we're kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel a little bit, though. Yeah, thing. Um, although I really like this movie, I know it's not well-remembered. It's unseen by me.
1: I, I, like I said, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen the original, so I don't... I have no form of reference, just what other people have told me about it.
0: Have you seen the the movie, Aaron?
2: Uh, I have not seen this one.
0: Oh man! Wow. Yeah, one of these films is not like the other.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but the thing is, like, what else in the two thousands would you even like consider at this point? I'll give it some
1: thought. I'll get back to you,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Aaron. What do you? What would what, what, you? What would you consider in the two thousands?
2: As far as like slasher movies? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think American Psycho.
1: Right. Was
0: that
1: two thousands? That was ninety eight. Uh, no, I think that's two that might
0: have been right at two thousand. May- oh I'll yeah, you're right. It. it might be a two thousand movie, yeah. I'm looking it up right now. So yeah,
2: I would I would consider consider that. Two thousand.
0: Woohoo me. Um, yeah, two thousand, okay. Yeah, I mean that
2: this score for me actually was kind of the dark horse. Like, like you said, I wasn't really expecting much. Um, it's a great it score. Like those movies, it is excellent. It is actually excellent, yeah.
0: Yeah, so I'll, let me, since we, I mean, I'll kind of talk about the movie a little bit. It's a movie about a family who goes out into the wilderness, not in the wilderness, but the desert. They get stranded out there, um, and then a, a pack of, uh, of uh, mutated uh, uh, hillbillies um, uh, essentially attack them. Um, and uh, then uh, a couple of, of the uh, couple of survivors have to s- a sort of um, uh, um, get revenge. Um, the irony is that the pacifist is the one who steps up and uh, does all the uh, the violence. Okay, go
1: ahead.
0: Um, so there's that. Um, the music is very much or very unlike all the slasher stuff we've heard it's almost well let me play uh, let me play you a piece and uh, we'll talk about it. That's uh, a piece of music from uh, The Hills Have Eyes uh, remake. The composer is actually named Tom and Andy. So it's Tom and Andy. Tom and Andy, all one word. Tom and Andy. Or one name. Mornings on KRXQ.
2: <laughs> but, you know,
0: what's, the, what's your impression? Like For me, what immediately comes to mind is almost like a Sergio Leone Western type of sound. It's it's a lot more adventurous than it is horrific or ominous. What about what about you, Jeff? What do you think?
1: It's very robust. It's uh does set a kind of a scene of some kind of assailable dread, unassailable dread. Um, I like like I said, it's hard. It's one of those things where you're hearing a score completely blind to the movie it attached to it as a score. I find it effective. It's um, it's. It's good. I mean, it. Like I said, it's really hard for me. I mean, it. it you just gotta say, is the score effective? Does it make me keep me at attention? Yes, for the most part, it does. Um, I would. I like to see it, um, intermingled with the actual film. I don't know. <sighs> Maybe, <laughs> but I. It's. Honestly, these kind of things are, are hard to break down. It doesn't have like a, obviously a hook like the a lot of the previous songs do. Kiki um,
0: kaka. No, no, no. It, it, it lacks the kiki
1: kaka, or you know any slashing sounds or what have you. But it's a uh, it's fine for what it is. I like I said it, it does feel like it successfully builds to something, and it uh, unlike Sansa Lambs, it's uh not not subtle.
0: I like how long it takes you to say almost like nothing. <laughs> that's, why, that's how I did well in exams.
1: And like, <laughs> my essay questions, I could take so a little and say a lot. And uh, I did find a movie okay. that um, came out in um, 2014, which uh, oh, uh, the score jumped out at me.
0: Okay. Under the Skin.
1: Okay, what, yeah. Is that considered a horror movie?
0: Yes, it's definitely a horror movie, but it's in the in the it's in the teens. Oh, we don't talk about this decade. You know, this decade. What too did different. you do to yourself? What the fuck happened? <laughs> we will talk about this off podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but what about you, Aaron? You obviously you've already said that how much you like the score. What what uh, what uh, that piece of music and just the score in general? Uh, what does it uh, kind of say to you? I
2: found it to be pretty. Balanced. Well, I mentioned that, uh, you know, of the lambs was excellently made, the songs were interchangeable and listening to it, you don't know kind of what's happening in the movie. Um, this was the opposite. So there's intense songs. There's one, uh, breakfast time, um, another one called play with us, which are very intense, fast paced, the typical, what you would expect when you're being chased or fighting. And then it even has more, um, Melodic or even there's a light a couple of light songs like aftermath and it's over with a question mark so mm-hmm. I, I found you can just listen to these songs and you in your mind you can totally construct what's happening and uh, yeah, I, I was impressed by that
0: that's the thing I, I find the score I, I find the score to be really good and that's it's one of the things that I most remembered from the movie, um, and that's the reason why I tossed it into this into this list. Is that a detriment to the movie or is that just... No, because I think the movie is legitimately good as well. And one of the things that makes that movie as good as it is is, is due to the uh, score that's unconventional for a, a horror film. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, and you marry the, the music with the imagery. Because like I said, these, these people are out in the desert... And, and so that's why it conjures up this idea of like Sergio Leone spaghetti western um, type, of, that type of thing. It also kind of reminded remind me a little bit of uh, Army of Darkness. <laughs> Down to, I'm trying to, I was
1: actually trying to recall like the scores from the Evil Dead movies and they're
0: not really jumping out at
1: me. I'm, I'm sure if I heard it I'd recognize it but I guess there's a reason why we're not talking about them. All right, I'm going
0: to play one more piece of music from the movie and see how this treats you. It's over, which also marks the end of this podcast. <laughs>
1: uh, uh, that felt like it could have been in a Batman movie. Honestly, it it just it, I did, it did not feel like a horror movie score in the least bit. Honestly,
0: yeah. So with that with that said, uh, how, how are we going to vote on this one? Because it's so you got Silence of the Lambs, which is a kind of under I feel like an underwhelming score. And then you have this one, which is sort of like an unconventional slasher score. Where do you fall, Aaron?
2: I think the best thing about slasher movies is when you have a great surprise kill, and that's what this was. I wasn't (laughs) expecting much from The Hills Have Eyes, but it came out of nowhere and uh, slipped the throat of Silence of the Lambs.
0: Oh, man, Hannibal Lecter, done for. (laughs) Jeff? Uh, Not
1: taking anything away from The Hills Oh. have eyes, it seems like it's a, a, a fine enough score from what I've heard, but I think you're also under, uh undermining the Signs of the Lamb score a bit, where I think it's completely uh, perfect for the proceedings it's, uh, uh, draped around essentially, it doesn't call attention to itself for a reason but it fits perfectly for the mood and the atmosphere in the film, and I, uh, kinda love it for that um, but like I said, maybe I'd feel differently if I saw it, Hills Have Eyes with the score attached to it.
0: Well, I pick Hills Have Eyes. Of course you so do. So, you. Silence of Lambs is gone. Gone! <laughs> you, you, you're so wrong.
1: <laughs> and not only that, you, I, I'm not alone in this. You, you, you
2: ask
0: Joe Blow on the street. <laughs> Joe Blow on the street won't know where the fuck any of these pieces of music are from. Like I said, th- th- this Act Three is was so hard to come up with it um, that didn't just dip into like the previous decades. I really felt like we needed to go into the n- the next era, and I really do think that the '90s and two thousands were kind of it's kind of been kind of rough for horror. Slashers especially. I think they just got a good head of steam there. And it was
1: nowhere to go but down from that point. But, you know, hopefully we have, we uh, Like I said, I mentioned Under the Skin. I think that's a score that does stand out in a good way. Um, hopefully we get similar stuff down the line. So
0: when we come back to this. We'll table it. So what do you guys think? Should I present the choice of Psycho versus Friday the 13th versus... The hills have eyes. To the public, or should we make the decision? I think we should make the decision because clearly it's. Oh man, it's a no-brainer
1: for me. All right, Jeff, what do you pick? Well, it's obviously the one that, the pick I chose that won, which would be Psycho. Like I said, none of none of the scores we heard were bad. They're all good. They all have their place. Psycho's the original. It's the iconic, and it's just it's a masterful piece of work. And, uh, yeah, I think, uh, it's a no-brain.
2: Okay. Aaron? The choices were Psycho, The Hills Have Eyes, and was it Halloween? Uh, yeah. Friday the
1: 13th. Yeah, no, Halloween got bumped.
2: Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'd probably. have to agree. There's actually a few songs. There's one, uh, called uh, Back Up to Annie Alone on the Friday the 13th soundtrack. It actually takes, it sounds like it takes a piece of Psycho from it, so, um, I think even it gives the nod
0: it up itself to Psycho as being the best. Well, it doesn't matter what I pick. Well, you fucking pick Hills <laughs> Have Eyes, you fucking weirdo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I just gotta go against the grain. Take yeah. my Batman horror
0: film score. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I agree with you guys. Okay. Out of those three, Psycho is the one. So <laughs> so there you go. That, Psycho. So who should go up on the uh, Mount Rushmore? Should it be? Uh, uh, Mama Bates, Norman Bates, or Jessica Lang Lee, J- Janet Lee. Sorry. Janet Lee.
1: I think it's Perkins. Per- Perkins. Perkins in a dress. Okay. <laughs> all, right, all right. All right. All
0: right. Norman Bates with the uh, with the uh, grandma wig on. Yeah. On Mount Rushmore. There it goes. All right. That's okay. it. We got it. We did it, everybody. Winner winner chicken dinner. <laughs> so I uh, hope you guys enjoy listening. All you know, three of you. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm sure it's more than that. <laughs> um, and uh, until uh, next time, the balcony is closed.
1: <laughs> God damn it,
0: man! Laytronic.
1: Nobody. No. Catch you on the bounce. None of that works. Okay. We'll, we'll see you in the future.